Blog Talk Radio. from uh, Chud.com. I figure we'd throw you a little Friday afternoon gift. You're welcome. Uh, a 45-minute show with myself and Mr. Steve Murphy, who is in the building. Steve, how are you doing? I am doing fantastically fantastic. Yeah, he's sticky. Um, we're going uh, to have uh, a little fun here, uh, kick you guys' ass into the weekend, and uh, talk a little bit about stuff that is exactly the cutting-edge material you've grown to expect from us. And uh, I believe Steve will be discussing uh, some films with Ren Brown, who will be calling in in just a few. So that'll be exciting. Um, so Steve, tell us about your day today. What did you do today? Uh, see, what did I do today? I uh, I kicked one job to the curb, and I took on another. And I ate a chocolate, I ate a chocolate chip cookie cake on the way. So uh, Lowe's treated you to a, a farewell tour. Indeed, they said thanks for uh, spending the last ten months with us. Here's a chocolate chip cookie cake for you. Did it have a smile or a, nope. a, rec- a recreation of the Holocaust? It had, it had neither, which was terrible. It, it just had a copy of the Ghoulies. That doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. That so makes that's, that's, no that, sense. That's actually cake number seven. If you get on the <laughs> Great American Cookie Company, cake number seven is the Ghoulies. <laughs> Good luck, Steve. Here's the Ghoulies. Yeah. They gave, the, they gave the same cake to their VP when he left marketing. I know. It, don't, it is the same name. Don't feel special. I, I do not. Um, let's see. Uh, today is the day that some fantastic movies are hitting three, three screens. Um, are you excited about the new Wall Street, sir? I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm like middle of the road, really. Middle of the road. I mean, I look, the first one's great. I love it. I haven't seen it in years. Probably hate it probably do. If I saw it again, I'd probably throw up on the screen. Uh, the new one, hmm. I would see it. I would. Here's how I would see it. I would see it if I had been drinking all day, and it was like a Sunday night, and all the porno theaters were closed, because they still have those. Yeah. And I was still wearing pants. Yeah. That'd go see it. I don't think, I don't, the thing that throws me off about Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, is Carrie Mulligan's hair. Really? She's got, she's got fucking ElfQuest going on. What throws me off about Wall Street, money never sleeps, is that everybody always has to dispense with the subtitle. Why don't you just call it Wall Street 2 and be done with it? Why does everything have to have the, the, the caption to it? You get some I mean, of my nerves. It, it shouldn't. Well, it does. It, just, just say Wall Street 2 and be done with it. I don't have time for you to tell me it's money never sleeps. What if it doesn't? They should have called it The Adventures of Wall Street. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> the Further Adventures of Chuck Sheen. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half streets. Who's in the film for approximately 45 seconds. I'm sure he looks good in it, too. He does not look... He does not, he does not look good. He does not carry the sheen. Um, people be opening doors and shit next to me. I don't need that business. I don't need that shit in my day. I, I gave Justin a, an invite to see if he wanted to call in and join us, but he's full of buns, I guess. I know. Well, the problem was you told him I was going to be on the show. and He's had enough of me lately, I'm sure. We were online the other night playing Halo, and I destroyed him. 
That's not true, because we're on the same team. I did betray him once, though. That was an accident. I wish there were betrayals in real life that were so obvious. Yeah. I hate The thing I hate about betrayals is when you don't know you're being betrayed until like a few months later and you find out. <laughs> the thing I hate about betrayals is that you don't get credit for the kill. That really pisses me off. You're talking about Halo and real life. Oh, I'm talking about real life. I don't get credit for that. So, Steve, I guess the cat's yeah. out of the bag. You're going to be working uh, on Chud in the secret new site that we can't talk about. That's right. Um, Bang bus. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely excited about it. Are you going to up your game? Are you going to become an, an amazing gentleman? I'm going to become the greatest gentleman that's ever walked the earth. <laughs> I'm, going, like I'm going to wear everybody's suspenders. That's how great I'm going to be. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that by the end of the first year, you'll have done another Bond article? <laughs> I will have made it my way to Goldfinger. Let me tell you something. You know, I get a lot of shit for this. This was like nine years ago, right? Maybe maybe eight years ago. No, it was longer. It was ten, it was, uh, ten years. It was 11 years ago, actually. It was Sci-Fighter, right? Yeah. And I made my way through Dr. No, and I made my way through From Much With Love. At least half of From Much With Love. But the point is, I get so much shit for this, and I, I do not deserve any of it. That's, okay. That's my, that's my point. That's, that's the point? That's the, whole, that's the point. I don't deserve anything. What do you want me to do? You want me to write? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll start some new, I'm going to lay it out here right now. By the end of the first month, I'm going to start writing a Bond article. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, I think there are franchises that deserve more pressing attention than the Bond series. All right, I'll, I'll start with the Bourne franchise. <laughs> I'll write three very boring that would, articles. That would, about three so that would be. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you the Bourne <laughs> franchise in order. It's alive. <laughs> Birth it's only. Rosemary's Baby. I should write it's alive. That's the Bourne trilogy. I get it. I get it. Not many people are gonna get that joke because it's a little too highbrow yeah. for some people. Oh, you are fucking welcome. I think. I think. Do we have any callers? Let me see if we have any guest faggots. A little uh, impromptu, this show. I like it. I like this Grand Imperial. I like that. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about that. You're not supposed to name drop brands. I'm sorry. Our chat room has got a million people in it. None of them are talking. I guess they're just wrapped with attention at, at the sultry, dulcet tones of your fucking face. So we have a lot of people in the chat room. Are they talking shit about me? Um, 88 Inches made a comment about you wearing suspenders. I'm not. I, I said that. It, I wait. What? What? What's the point of that? You oh no! I said I'm going to become the the greatest gentleman ever. I will wear everybody's suspenders. I'm not wearing them yet. I have yet to attain that status. That'd be a good gimmick to have. Is you're the guy that walks around wearing everybody's suspenders. There aren't that many to wear these days. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody wear those in a few days. I did see a guy come in the store the other day. The shop, the old shop, the place where I worked prior to this. He was wearing some suspenders. I was thankful he was also wearing trousers. He was a big <laughs> character. That guy was, you should have seen him. He was a marauder, like, lurking around, asking where the paint department was. I'm like, look, first of all, there's several things wrong with this. You, you're walking in Lowe's. You're, you're, hang on, let me finish this story. It's extremely important. He comes wandering into Lowe's. He's this massive guy. He's wearing suspenders that barely hold his gut in. And he's asking me where the paint department is. And I said, listen, buddy, there's these signs up here on the wall that says where paint is. Just go over there and find it with your tiny eyes and your large body. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to bring in a call from the 630 area code. Who's this? Hey, this is uh, Patrick. 
Patrick Ripple. How's it yeah. going, my man? It's going Welcome. great. Welcome. Uh, I had a question for you. Last night, uh, I just, for the first time, watched the original uh, Bad Lieutenant. Loved it. Okay. Liked it uh-huh. liked more than the uh, Nick Cage one. Okay. And uh, between that and King of New York, I've found myself, you know, with a taste for Abel Ferreira. Uh, that's the director's name, right? Abel? Yes, yes it is. Yes, okay, is. yeah. Uh, what are, are there other uh, Abel Ferreira movies you would recommend? or? No. Um, no? Not really. I mean, like, he he did The Funeral, which was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you seen, said you've seen King of New York, right? Yeah, King of New York. King of New that York was a, my favorite. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's, a, that's, that was a Chud recommendation that I got that. That's a blast yeah. of a movie. I mean, uh, Bad Lieutenant is what it is, you know, and, you know, a, a lot of his other stuff, I mean, it's fun. I mean, like, you know, uh, he did the Body Snatchers movie, which was, like, his big um, mainstream attempt, and that was kind of fun. And the funeral's pretty good. It was that's you know got a somewhat decent uh, decent release and all that. But other than that, he did a lot of really like exploit exploitive films back in the old days. But oh yeah, I don't think he, he's not exactly a guy I would follow as a, as a director that uh, is uh, infallible. But right, you know, okay. If you had seen like um, Cat Chaser first, and then said, "Hey, I like this guy. Maybe I'll see what else he's got." And then you saw Bad Lieutenant and uh, and and King of New York, it would have been delightful but i think you're in in a, in a hell hole uh, I, I started too i started up too high yeah ren ren mentions ms 45 but even that that that's like one of the exploitive films that i was talking about it's it's, it's okay uh, i'm going to bring ren onto the show too you want to hang out patrick sure sure right. okay ren welcome to the fold you son of a bitch hello boss how's it going there spins it's it's going all right yeah uh, how about taking us off the speakerphone I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. You uh, you you're not on speakerphone at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no time for speakerphone in anybody's times. Um. Rand, I don't know if you're listening. Mr. Patrick Rapala is on the phone. I did. I did. And it's my suggestion on the chat room. Yeah. Why we? Why? What? What about Ms. Forty Five screams Abel Ferrara movie to you? Uh, no, nothing in particular. Honestly, I haven't seen a whole ton of his earlier work, and that's one of the few I have, but it is a pretty fun, interesting little movie. It's got some, some nice highlights, little good non-sploitation there at the end. Um, did, do you think he should have directed Raising Cain? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if that would have been the job for him. Steve, I think you had some questions from Mr. Wren about um, some films he's... By the way, hi, Pat. Hey, Ren. <laughs> Glad we got that squared away. Indeed. Steve, yeah. you have the floor. Ren. Yes. It's come to my attention that you've uh, recently seen a, a very famous horror film, uh, <laughs> The Cree Master. Now, I need to know some, uh, a few things about this. Shoot. First Not of all, way. listen there. I'm... <laughs> How many, how many cremations are in this damn movie? Because, judging by the title, there should be at least six. Well, so I... How many, dread- how, uh, damn it, listen here. How many cremations are in the cremaster? I, there are no cremations that I remember, actually. That's, None. That's bullshit. Zero. If it makes you feel any better, there is, uh, there is a man who comes bees. Really? Yes. Well, who plays the Cree Master? 
What, what is it um, like? I mean, is it because here you are? You bring up bees, which reminds me of Candyman. So I'm I'm expecting Tony Todd to be playing the Cree Master. <laughs> so what the hell? There isn't no, any cremations uh, in the films, but there's a scene where someone burns toast. Yeah, that does happen, and and honestly, it's pretty dramatic. I mean, you you're emotionally attached to the toast by that point, so. Yeah. It, it feels like a pretty important cremation, but why would you have a film called The Cremaster and then not have any cremations whatsoever in it? Well, I'm not. Someone I'm not has, sure. Someone's dropped the ball. I think either the filmmaker dropped the ball, or you're a lying bastard. I'm trying to figure well, out which one it is. What I understand, it actually refers to some sort of like uh, human anatomy thing. Bullshit. Which is, which is boring compared to fire. I don't believe any of that. You now, and and it, where does this dovetail into the Wishmaster pantheon? Indeed. <laughs> you figure, uh, though, I with believe it's actually a prequel, but it, it's kind of hard to tell. Steve, did you like that movie where the guy cremates people with Jack Aubrey? <laughs> I did. And I was expecting that in Cremaster. I, I was, too, to be frank. I can't believe it. I sat through over six hours waiting for it. Yeah, Ren spent six hours in the theater watching the Cremaster cycle, and at what point, at what hour did you realize it wasn't a film about a mad cremator? Was it I, I can actually pinpoint the exact moment. It was uh, hour five, minute 55. A mad cremator. Now, that's a hell of a franchise. I would go see the Cremaster if it was about a mad cremator just walking around town cremating people. Oh, okay, I get it. I'm... This whole time, I've been thinking you guys were talking about Cree Summers, and I was I'm just very confused. <laughs> oh, you were the confused one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're no, screwed. I got it now, though. I'm on board. You're, you're the one who's completely screwed in all this. Now, you're the innocent bystander. Does this film end with the uh, death of Captain Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> now, isn't this, uh, you, uh, I believe um, Matthew Barney directed this one, right? With that his, is that is the case. With his horrible wife, Bjork. Now, does she screech and squeal and do her shitty-ass, shit-ass music in this film? No, she's not really... There is some shitty, shitty-ass music, but the, um, as far as I'm aware, Bjork wasn't, isn't a yeah. huge part but of she doesn't show up. She doesn't show up dressed as a swan doing her clicks and, and blurps. Now, question, no. question. Does no. Matthew Barney do any of his earlier work? Because I always wanted to hear live his version of, I love you, you come bees. <laughs> You're in the Cree Master Cycle with Bjork. That's the secret third verse. You know, this is complete bullshit. If I'm walking down the street and I see the Cree Master Cycle up on the marquee, first of all, I'm going to pull my pants back up because that's amazing. That's a great title. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to go buy a few tickets and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to want to see some guy walking around cremating people. And you're telling me that it's, it's an art film. Some guy's throwing some... Yes, it is. Some freaking... Here, here's some still photographs and some, you know, a little slide shot intermixed with some Bjork music. <laughs> is it, I don't think that's what it is. I can't believe it. No, no t tell him, tell Steve how much, um, the, tell him about the, uh, how much it costs for copies of the film. Ah, uh, well, the, that, on the poster, if you, if you see Cream Master in the theater and they have a poster on the very bottom of it, it says, not on DVD, period, not ever. Really? Uh, and that's because they've only published it once. They published, I think, 25 copies of the DVD, and they encased it in, like, art pieces from the film. 
and then they auctioned them off. I believe at the Guggenheim, but somewhere, and they they fetched like six hundred thousand dollars a piece or something. Sounds like my kind of sounds like my kind of film. The fact that it's not going to come on DVD surely proves that Matthew Matthew Barney loves people. He doesn't want to. Well, I never I never even pay retail price for my cream mask. I always you know check the used check to disc replay stuff like that. I want to go down to the CD warehouse and pick up a copy of the, the Cremaster. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know why it's like not coming. The way I know why know. it's not coming on DVD because who wants a bunch of dead bees on their fucking disc? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the joke. <laughs> do you, do you, now, leading up to this, was there the? Um, what do you have to do to become a Cremaster? Is it, is are you a Cree amateur for a while, or how does that work? Are you? Are, I think you're a Cree princess. Cree Padawan. <laughs> yeah, how, how do you... Um, Cree trainee. How do you train to become a cremator? Do you practice on bees or animals or what? what's the story? Surely this film tells you that, Ren. You would think. Uh, they, they can... I don't... This wasn't the director's cut, so I don't think it has the, the training montage. So what kind of nudity can we expect in the Cremaster movies? Well, uh, besides the aforementioned bee ejaculating penis which is deformed and weird and doesn't look like a normal a normal being's member uh other than that it's just run-of-the-mill art boobs the halo name art boobs indeed are they distended are they is there anything special about them are they covered in clay is there a bas-relief done of the tits is there um, well, there's one, there's one set of tits that are that are attached to a, a tiger lady, which. So there's that for. Uh, I know Steve has a, a furry inclination, so I do like that. that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I After do. Steve's done with them, they'll be covered in bees. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, Steve, was, Steve wasn't a very good student. Bees and <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs> He was just barely above average. Yeah. Uh, there is a prolapsed asshole. I know Steve's into that. Yeah, bless you. Speaking <laughs> of prolapsed asshole, why isn't Justin calling in? <laughs> He's probably listening. Fucking, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh to see the the Cremaster films with Steve. I think Steve has six hours to spare. Yeah, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Boy, oh boy, I would really love it. However, there's only 25 copies in existence, and Ren saw five of them the other day. <laughs> and in true spirit, they're they're burned immediately afterwards. Not surprised. It's called evidence. Patrick, what is uh, what is your favorite art film? Uh, I I feel embarrassed because my favorite art film I can't pronounce it. It's uh, Koyan. Koyanasi. Yes, yes. I saw that. Uh, I saw that in theater, and it. Blew my mind. I just I cracked a joke about that today on the site. Yeah, I, I read on the sword and sor- or sorcerer. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, that that's not an art film. That's like a teen. That's like a teen epic. It's like a oh, that's true. Like the unofficial Breakfast Club remake. <laughs> Estevez under something under stress. Yeah. I forgot under pressure. Yeah, I re- I relate most to space shuttle taking off. That was my favorite character. <laughs> Sometimes they don't go ah. down. Yeah. That's I don't awesome. I don't feel like they gave enough uh time to collapsing building to really <laughs> Steve, what, what, yeah. Steve, what is your favorite art film? 
That's not really a, a film. It's more like a project. My favorite art project is The Honeymooners. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that when when gay people ejaculate bees into each other? Oh, uh, you know, it's the my favorite <laughs> art. It's my favorite art project. Uh, what are you guys talking about? The Honeymooners. You get Jackie uh, Gleason. You get art. Beautiful. Yeah. Ejaculate Gleason. There. Before, before he uh, was in the Sting, oddly enough. <laughs> he was not in the Sting. That's Robert Shaw. I get them mixed up all the time. So does Jackie the shark. Gleason, Jackie Gleason was in Jaws. Robert Shaw. Yeah, you're right. I get them mixed you're up. right. <laughs> Robert Shaw was in Jaws. <laughs> and then Roy Schroeder he was blew him up. in Bruce. Well, <laughs> still talking about Honeymooners. No, I'm, I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Ren, tell me, describe to me the people in the theater that have that are queued up to see that movie, who, who well, paid first, to see that movie. First of all, before you do that, describe what, what, describe what you look like <laughs> as you were waiting uh, to see this film. <laughs> what are you wearing? Uh, I'm, well, I, I'm six feet tall, and I typically am seen uh, carrying bees, and I, I wore <laughs> my... my my beekeeping outfit to to the screening because I knew that part was coming. I had read spoilers. I don't believe any of that business. <laughs> um, mm. Well, I don't know. Toddy on the boards is saying that I sound like a 14-year-old with a cold, uh, which is giving me a great deal of radio confidence. <laughs> He's just being Patrick kind. sounds like a 40-year-old dude apparently, which you know yeah. that's that's good for him. But I, I I got the short end of that particular stick. So tell us about, see, what I'm interested to know, though, is what the people looked like that were in midtown Atlanta who had paid to see the Crew Master films. So and what time know. was it? What time was the screening? I want to know the uh, facial hair designs. I want to know um, the skinny jeans, what they look like. I want to know everything. Uh, well, the first, because the, the, it, it showed in three parts, because there's, there's five of them, uh, one through five. And they play one and two as a movie, and then they play three by itself, and then they play four and five as a movie. And uh, as the day went along, there were actually more people at each screening. So the first one, which started right after lunch, was had maybe ten people in it, uh, including this couple that, when they walked in 15 minutes late, literally sat right in front of me um, in a pretty empty theater. Um, and then within five minutes, it pulled out their cell phone. So somebody paid many dollars to see the Cremaster film <laughs> to text through it. Uh, she did have a notepad. That's an art, an art project of their own. Is that uh, is that why uh, is that why comes bees was a trending topic on Twitter yesterday? I think so. No, actually, oh, the weird okay. thing is completely unrelated. Oh. <laughs> Some terrible tragedy in Bosnia. Oh. Would it be insensitive, Pat? Somebody was singing Cumbia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was fairly typical. You had your a couple hipsters, a couple um, a couple olds. Uh, yeah. Two or three anyone, people walked out of each screening. Was there anyone wearing a uh, corduroy blazer? Uh, there might have been in the second one, actually. Uh, Maybe. Was there anybody dressed as might old have been me. Woodenhead from Creepshow Two? <laughs> No, no, he did not make an appearance. I was, I was sad. They, they okay. advertised the film, the screenings with his presence, but he didn't show up. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I wonder if the box office total, like, globally for the Cremaster movies is, if it's, like, if it's anything substantial or if it's, you know, if they made made more money off of the videotapes or well, whatever. They yeah, they made, they made they, yeah, they make it all back on DVD. <laughs> they they make it all back on BBB. Uh-huh. Oh, my. That happened. Is it, why is there, Steve, why is there a Hawaii-shaped bee puddle on your back? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's because you... I know this one. You know why I know this one? Because I make this joke all the time. It's not even my joke. I'm not going to tell anybody about it, though. All right. So, moving away from the Cream Master fl- films that um, feature absolutely zero Tony Todd and zero Andrew Devoff, much to my chagrin. And zero cremations. Which do you think maybe we should partner up and do a, 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 a real... A real one? Like the real Cream Master? Like a do it do it up, Abel Ferrara style? I would mm. shoot that. Fucking hell yeah. I would fuck shoot that at it. Matthew Barney fails. He's he's married to Bjork. They have a child. What's it called? I feel that should be noted. I, is Bjork her real name, or is it just the sound she makes? <laughs> She's like a Pokemon in that respect. She, and others. Yeah. Does anybody? Does anybody know what? What would you? What's What's the story of that annoying woman? Uh, she's Icelandic. Apparently, yeah. and I think it is her name. Her full Maybe, name, uh, according to Wikipedia. Is Bjork Gulsamandirador? What the fuck? A lot of uh, way to summon a, of... a lesser demon right in front of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't name to yourself. But... Wait, hang on, hang on. Here we go. I think let's see if we can hear the name correctly. That's what Wikipedia says. I don't know if you could hear that. I think I think you just made Greta Scotchy spin around three times. <laughs> that was the intent. That's a, as long as Bjork doesn't show up in a mirror. Fucking Bjork. What an annoying, what an annoying, wailing asshole she is. Fucking Bjork. Shitting eggs all over the place. So is Matthew Barney's claim to fame, the Cremaster films, his other art, having, having a child with Bjork, or his music video, canon? All of the this above. Question, uh, okay. And, and, I, and I say his claim to fame because Steve didn't know who he was, so he can't be that great. Were we talking about Barney? Yeah. I knew exactly who he was. Did you? Yes, I knew I know who Matthew Barney is. Uh-huh. He's the guy who did the, he did the, uh, the cremation guy cycles. He did those. He married Bjork. Okay. Fucking Yamaha needs to manufacture that product, the cremation cycle. <laughs> Can you imagine? Isn't that what Ghost Rider rides? What, what, yeah, what kind of helmet would you need? Like a fucking cinder, like a a, a cinder block? Sure. No, I was thinking like a like a what are those things called? Those uh those little logs you put in the to start the fire. Something to get you up nice and hot, get you get you all jimmied up. <laughs> Softball Jimmy. Softball. Um, oh. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That was mean. Um, 
uh, Andrea on the message boards on the, the chat room is saying he, he was also a model and a Yale graduate. What do you fucking do? <laughs> We're all models. Have you looked at us? <laughs> How come all these people are posting about this and no one's calling in? Does no one want to talk about the cremator? Because they have jobs that are cremaster. I apologize. Do you think that um, that kind of a project could get off the ground in now, like with like, uh, I don't know, like if, if you were to get somebody else, not Matthew Barney, a, a, more, a more modern artist, somebody like um, Rob Halford, or a modern artist? Yeah, I mean, I, I, some, like he's a, he's apparently a crossover sensation, having done all those fancy things. Who's next? Who's is Dinklage? Dinklage is an artist. They're all thumbnail sketches, but I think the, I believe his would be called the Cree Miner Saga. <laughs> <laughs> By evil miners, T tiny ashtray. They dig too greedily and too deep. You know, I bet that shit wouldn't be about miners either. <laughs> about some guy prancing around New York with some photographs. Here you are. Enjoy these photographs because in five minutes I'm going to burn them. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm still uh, ranting about the, the cream master. That pisses but me off. I, now, the, I, now, that's an interesting idea, though. Can you imagine if you made a horror series where the, 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 protagonist, or the antagonist is a cremation, a cremation king and he prances about? Well, he wouldn't prance about if he's a cremation king. He wouldn't. He would uh, amble, I believe. No, I think it's better. I mean, there's probably never, there's probably never been a film where the where the supervillain prances. It's difficult to prance. That's why. Actually, Rob Roy, Tim Roth was a little light in the loafers there, prancing about, getting cleaved into half, into two Tims, <laughs> flitting inside Liam Neeson's wife. Oh yeah, he did give her the business, didn't he? He raided daylights out of Jessica Lang. Is that who? Is that who received? Yes. It was just going. And then she decided to wash herself in the ocean. The Scottish water. Did it, 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 got, it got all the tiny Tims out? I don't believe so. I don't remember. So what are you guys doing with your Friday? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Should we talk about what's sitting on my desk right here? Oh, God damn. Should we, should we talk, talk about that? What's on your desk, Steve? Well, I mean, uh, my feet are on my desk, but apart from that, I've got a copy of a special edition of Sundown with uh, the still-living David Carradine and the still-living Bruce Campbell. Okay, I thought you were talking about the other thing on your desk. Wait. There's there's another movie on your desk that's that's not really designated for you, although you're welcome to oh, view it. Oh, oh, I... Uh, that is on my desk, sort of. It's actually we have we have a video that papers. was that was sent in. Um, that is a I'm sure one of the very few feature length movies about bears. Yeah, the <laughs> thing is, none of us are um, none of us are really strong enough to watch it. We should let you know who we should let watch this. Andrew would be perfect. She should review. What's the name of the movie? Bear City, and it's about <laughs> fat hairy men taking it taking it to task inside each other. I'm not sure, because it's not really in a slipcase or anything. It's just in, like, a regular 
paper. It should come in a sweaty sock. That's how they should distribute that fucking movie. It's got a, it's, it's, you know, it's handwritten label. You gotta like that. It's fairly good handwriting. The long Y pretty much indicates uh, that this person is, you know, on the other side. So yeah, Ren, we we have a copy of uh, a movie about bears. Bear City. What I if it's not really what we? What if it isn't what we think it is? No, I looked it up. Oh, <laughs> by by looked it up, I watched it and jerked off to it all day. But let me let me tell you, <laughs> Andrew would be perfect to watch this. Why? Well, well, why not? She's a huge hairy man. You, uh, Steve, there's something else that was on your desk when you came in today. Something that's a podcast uh, staple now. Indeed, I got a great big. Speaking of Bear City, I've got a great big long hard tube of Toblerone. <laughs> Just wait to be cracked that. open. But my problem is, I don't think Toblerone goes well with the the Grand Imperial. But it very well may. Ralphie may, if only. Do you think um, Billy D. Williams has another comeback in him? Yeah, I don't think he's in Bear City. Does anybody think that there's any room for more Billy D. in the world? I do. I love him. What do you I was thinking about him today. I was thinking about William D. Williams. Are you looking at some Colt 45? <laughs> no, I was just thinking about the William. And I didn't know if uh, if anybody felt like this this dude was done or if there was a chance for some more William D. Williams. He's in uh, he's in Barry Monday. He's in the new uh, uh, Patrick Wilson movie. So I guess we should hold off on saying whether or not we need him back until someone sees that. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't. You know what? I don't. I don't know if that's going to matter because I mean, people are not known to flocking to to Patrick Wilson movies. <laughs> no. The guy has not exactly set the world on fire. <clears throat> But he's right. Well, he's not the Cree Master. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Maybe he should set the world on fire as the Cree Master. We can cast him in your your version of the movie. Do you think? Okay, because I think he deserves a comeback does not mean I'm gonna be the one providing it. I can't handle that ego on my set. Are you fucking me? Can you, my... have... can you imagine? Can you imagine having to deal with the impressive ego of William D. Williams on a set? Are you fucking crazy? guys be like throwing his weight on do you know who I really am not <laughs> do you have any idea what I can't do yeah, why wouldn't you want him on your set he's an old smoothie <laughs> he's an old smoothie yeah okay. someone somewhere will get that reference but I guess that's not here and it isn't now do you think that he um he was the glue of Nighthawks No one, no one knows. No one. The glue of the what? Of Nighthawks. Of course he was. He gets his face shattered. He got his cheek cut off, didn't he? I don't think. He, I don't think he got cut off. Yeah, Rutger Hauer showed up and like stuck a knife right in his cheek. Yeah, but I didn't get it cut off. He just sliced it. Come on. Yeah, but it was, it was part of the course good. for Rutger though. It was bad though, you know. A bad scene. I heard a rumor that that was basically like, um, like that wasn't a scene from the film. That was their audition. Didn't that scene, didn't that scene, um, spark Stallone to go see Lindsay Wagner? Didn't he go to her house and dress up as her? Right. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? We need, we need to get <laughs> a bearded Stallone dressed as Lindsay Wagner. Yeah. That's, that's, 
that's, that's how it was. That is how that film was pitched. Have, have you noticed that ever since that time, she never got any roles that involved her being a sex object? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. As a matter wasn't of fact, she in, uh, wasn't she in Lars and the Real Girl? She may have been, but was she cast as a sex object? I, that's yeah, that was the role. She was the real girl. Oh, that was well, she did a fantastic job then. Yeah, she was what policewoman? Was that her big role? Was that her big her big claim to fame? Policewoman, or was she the the bionic girl or whatever? What was her big? She was uh, the bionic broad. That was her. But she was wasn't she also policewoman or something? She may have been, but her big her big to do was the the bionic chick. Well, yeah, she was the she was the uh, bionic woman. Yeah, we we pretty much established that one though. Well, the the policewoman. There was a, no, it wasn't her. There was somebody I guess in the eighties, like in the late seventies or eighties, there was a, a show called Policewoman or something like that. That was Angie Dickinson. Angie Dickinson, right, right. Yeah, I used to get those two mixed up because Stallone used to dress up as Dickinson in, in the <laughs> uncut scene of Cobra. <laughs> The thing I love about IMDb Pro is those stars that um, maybe have faded, let's say, have faded somewhat. Like, uh, you, their contact information is basically their phone number. It's like, I, I'm Lee Majors, call me immediately. So there's no agent number. Even no. if you just want to talk. Yeah, like, even if you just want to reminisce about your life. I don't even care. <laughs> this is his home number. You can also reach him on the golf course. Where, he he they, where he's a caddy. Would there be for numbers? Now, how would you feel if you showed up one day and went to play a round of golf and Lee Majors is your damn caddy? <laughs> I ain't going to fucking let him get away with not carrying the clubs. Would like, you trust him, though? If he says, like, you know, ah, the green's it's got like a 27-degree you know, incline. Are you going to trust Lee Majors? Yes. I'm going to trust Lee Majors because with my golf game it doesn't matter what the fuck they say alright let me ask you this then the ball's going in a direction that's all I can guarantee what if you stood up on the golf course one day and Lee Horsley was your caddy would you trust him I would not now what's the difference you know what's funny is like I heard this I, this may have been not true I was on Wikipedia and they said that Lee, Lee Horsley does work at a golf course he's the ninth hole <laughs> so Lee Horsley wakes up at the crack goes underground and Sticks his buttock in the air. That's disgusting. <laughs> and then you show up and play golf. Yeah, well, that yeah. explains why your game's pretty shitty these days. Oh, Steve. Well, it's not my fault, is it? You're only playing against yourself. <laughs> and Lee Horsley. Lee, I'm looking at Lindsay Wagner's career, and it's. I guess there's a point where you could you could stop calling it that. Is but, the IMDb page transparent? No, it, 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 it's but it is. There was a, a roadblock. It said, "Are you sure?" <laughs> Apparently, but at least Lindsay Lindsay has the uh, good sense that if you her contact address is uh, it's an email address at lindsaywagnerinternational.com, and I assume that that's an organization um, against the ethical treatment of a career. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, well, I'm on Lindsay Wagner. Her, 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 her quiet the mind and open the heart experimental workshop, exp experiential workshops and retreats. So you can escape to the woods with Lindsay Wagner and learn shit. About your heart? About your ass, about your heart, about your wrists. 
She doesn't really, she's not prejudiced, you know. So if I want to go learn more about my wrist, I'd just have to contact her and her international organization. Yeah, say, like, I want to go hang out in the forest with you and learn a lot about my knuckles. What can you teach me about my cremaster? <laughs> Fucking Lindsay Wagner's a class act. She's into holistic bullshit. You gotta love that about her. And she looks, you know, she looks good for 91. She's fucked. Her, Lindsay Wagner. Her, 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 sorry, her, uh, her IMDb trivia is mocking her. Number one trivia, born the same day as Meryl Streep. <laughs> How'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> Made the Chud Podcast 93. What number is this, by the way? 67. And growing. Yeah, I, I always love the IMDb trivia because it teaches you, wow, you want to talk about the, the fucking, the, the amazing diversity of, of um, first of all, you can learn something important. She's dyslexic. So she's had to overcome adver- adversity. And then they got her tit measurements. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't read correct, but check these out. The scar on her upper lip is the result of an automobile accident she suffered in 1977. Along with Hank Ford. I've never seen her with her pants down, though, so... <laughs> she, man, had, I bet you if you went to Brad Pitt's trivia page, it's like all these amazing shits. It's like just fucking the guy just rescues countries and planets like left and right, adopts kids and forgets their name, kicks them away and saves them again, and all sorts of crazy shit. And she was a spokesperson for sleep number beds for about seven years. <laughs> what the fuck, Lindsay? And I blame all this on Stallone. It's, I'm surprised that's not a piece of trivia. Career was going gangbusters until Stallone dressed up as her. Yep. And foiled Rutger Hauer. Yeah, that that sucks that Rutger Hauer gets kicked ass by the worst things. He got he fell for the oldest trick in the book, the pretend you're Lindsay Wagner. I think in Ocean's Twelve they distinctly <laughs> dismissed that as an option when they went to take out Mr. Uh, yeah, that, Garcia. He didn't fall for it in Flesh and Flesh and Blood though. He didn't fall for it there. He survives. How do you know? I've seen it. I've seen it several times. Maybe he maybe he went to a casting director's house and said that they heard there was a good role coming his way, and then he turned the casting director turned around and it was fucking Stallone. Yep. It's like ah, fooled you again. It's, sorry, you're in flesh and blood. You're Here, fucked up. Come, come to this film. You get to you get to rape Jennifer Jason Lee, but at the end of the film, Stallone's going to dress up as Lindsay Wagner. I don't know if you should take that role. I don't know, Rut. Should you, should you do it? <laughs> Rut is my old friend, Rut, Rut Hauer. <laughs> His name's short enough, sir. I don't have time for the rest of it. I'm a busy guy. I'm actually you, not very busy. What do you think, uh, I mean, what, do you think Tarantino should put some, some, some time into resurrecting Lindsay Wagner's career? Is she worth it? Or, no. she, or some some could say she's she's has the ultimate reward, which she's able to live a life of obscurity and do her what she really mean you know. There's no need about. to resurrect her career because she's got a scarred lip. Who wants to watch that for two hours? Now, the show's about to come to a close, gentlemen. On that well, note, Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to uh to the next the next visit and let us know if you uh, if you get a chance to catch those cream masters, sir. 
Oh, definitely. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ren. I'll see you in about two minutes. Right so as we as we wrap this up, Steve, I want to ask you your favorite in the Expendables. Was it Jason Statham? No. Was it Dolph Lundgren? No. Mickey Rourke? Yes. Or Lindsay Wagner? No. Yes, it was her. And her lip. Would you give it to her? Honestly? I'd give it to her lip? I like a good scarred lip these days. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> what would happen if you get Tina Fey and, and Lindsay Wagner together? You get Lindsay Wagner's scarred lip and Tina Fey's cut the hell up face. Her Which one would you go for first? You act like Tina Fey got hit with the Twilight Zone helicopter. She got a knife fight when she was like five years old. I don't think she got in a knife fight. She lost that fight. And she thinks a pair of glasses is going to cover up all the scars? I don't think so, baby. I, I, she did not, Lindsay, Tina Fey did not get in a knife fight. That is a fact, sir. That's a fact. She was walking on her yard one day and some guy showed up with a knife and challenged her to a duel. Getting a fight with a knife.